You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast with Amy Green Smith, episode 470. You can find information on anything referenced in this week's episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP470. There. Check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing or your partner asks what's bothering you and you respond with a bold-faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green-Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be solo, other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy-to-implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth. Yes! Hey, hey, pod people, Amy here. Today we are continuing our series on, I guess it's sort of like a holiday survival series, but I'd rather us change our perspective around surviving the holidays and actually thriving. I know that sounds so cliche and silly and like hashtagable, but I think so often we enter into this season with so much anxiety and trepidation and worry about what is going to transpire whether it's a shit ton of obligations, navigating family, dealing with grief, any number of things that contribute to our stress, or not to mention financial stress. And we go into it ready to just get through it, just survive. And and sometimes we're in situations where that really is the case. But I would love for you all to really think about the things that are within your power that you can start altering And it might be really fucking uncomfortable. It might be really difficult conversations. It might be, God forbid, disappointing somebody or having some boundaries that creates a much more harmonious time of year for you. So if you have not been listening to the pod lately, the last two episodes of this series were around how to not lose your shit with your family during the holiday. So there was definitely some boundary conversations happening in that episode. And then last week, we talked about navigating grief and what that feels like specifically during this time of year. And I would also encourage you to listen to that episode if you've had any kind of change in your life, not just I've lost someone, because we think that's really what grief is reserved for, but it's not. So be sure to have a check out of both of those episodes. Next week, we're going to be starting a whole new series around aging and dealing with that. And what does that feel like? What does that look like? We're going to have some awesome guest experts coming to, to hang out with you. But this week, we're going to be talking about six ways to manage and recover from holiday stress. Now, obviously, this is going to be different for every single person involved. But as I go through these six different things, I want you to be thinking about which one of these is really tenable for me. What feels doable and applicable? What are these baby steps that I can put into place to kind of reclaim my holiday? 
I find that more often than not, the the people who I know in my life who identify as women or are femme presenting tend to have the most stress during this season because they've taken on so many more things than they even have to. Because we put so much weight on women taking care of everybody else, right? So I think part of this reclamation is for the motherfucking resistance, my friends. Like, it is for us to say, hey, listen, no, this is not just about me staying up till all hours of the night wrapping gifts because my partner doesn't really like doing it. It's about saying, like, no, 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 I'm going to decide what this holiday is going to look like for me going forward with or without support. And I'm going to decide what that what that really, really looks like. So right off the bat, we're going to start with number one, which is a watch for rules and find the shortcuts. Now, rules, I want you to envision in quotes. And the reason why it's in quotes is because a lot of these rules are self-inflicted. Now, they're, they don't just arise out of nothingness. Usually we feel obligated because of something either societal, familial, something like that, where we feel that we don't have a choice but to do things the way we always have. Like, well, we always host at my house or we always volunteer for this specific thing at our church or We always have to do every single thing from scratch. We cannot make any food from a box or anything like that. All of those things that carry an exorbitant amount of stress are oftentimes rules that either were placed on us or we adopted and now we live by them. And I want you to really take a step back and analyze All of these things that I have said in my head, they have to be this specific way. I must do it this way. I'm the only person who can pull this off or there's no other option. I want you to listen for those sorts of phrases in your head and I want you to contest them. Is that really true that the lights have to be this specific way or that you have to buy this very specific type of gift or that you have to attend a party that you fucking want to pull your teeth out every time you go? (laughs) You know, start examining, is this something that rules that I got kind of like grandmothered into that were a part of my family or some sort of cultural or societal obligation? Is this something that is rooted in a perfectionist tendency? I know for myself and a lot of the students and clients that I tend to attract and then work with, when we start to analyze the places where we have such extreme stress, we oftentimes have self-inflicted rules of how things have to look and how they must be. So you want to listen for language that I like to call absolutes, like have to, never, always, no other option. Those sorts of words carry such an impact. They're very strong. So in your mind, when you hear that, it's not really up for negotiation. It's like, well, this is how it's always been. It has to be this way. And I realized this many years ago. Gosh, this was probably like 14 years ago now. And I was having a birthday party for myself. 
because, of course, I'm the only one who can do it right, (laughs) as she says, admitting guilt. And poor Mr. Smith, there is a period of time right before we ever have guests, whether it's a party or just a dinner get together, anything where I am running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And he is constantly saying, how can I support you? He is so grounding and even keeled. (laughs) Bless that man. But asking me, like, can I support you in any way? And usually it's no, because I want you to do it exactly how I would do it. It's holding on to something that doesn't matter. So 14 years ago, we were having a birthday party for myself, and it was 80s themed, and we were serving a bunch of stuff like squeeze-its and nerds and, you know, a bunch of stuff that was indicative of that time period. And so I had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And it was so important to me that they were cut on the diagonal because he started cutting them into little squares. And I nearly lost my shit. (laughs) So all of you out there who are type A, very high achieving, maybe perfectionists, uh, recovering perfectionists, you can probably relate to this where it's something that does not matter at all, like how the fucking sandwiches are cut. And you've been so tightly wound and so strongly holding on to how things have to be that it makes you snap. And sometimes it's things that if you had all the time in the world, it wouldn't be a big deal, right? It would not be any issue at all to cut things the right way or decorate the right way or whatever that quote right way is for you. But because we have stacks and stacks of things on our plates during this time, those things stop bringing us fulfillment. And they start contributing to our stress. So I want you to start examining all of your holiday rituals, all of your obligations, all of your have-tos, and it and specifically how things must be done a very deliberate way. And I want you to push back on that and look at what happens if the sandwiches are cut in squares. What happens? absolutely fucking nothing happens. And I would also argue that a lot of times when we have such a death grip on things needing to look a specific way, we really start missing out on legitimate, honest, rich connection with other people. We don't get to relish and enjoy what we're experiencing because we're so worried about if we're using the right dishes or not, or if all the lights are turned on appropriately, or if there's a perfect crease on all the hand-wrapped presents, right? So I, I think this is a great sort of introspection place for you to look of like, where do I have some self-inflicted rules? And then what are my doable shortcuts, right? So maybe it's something where you you don't feel comfortable scratching all of grandma's recipe for her, her, I don't know, apple pie, her famous apple pie. But this year, you're going to buy the damn crust instead of making the stupid crust from scratch. I'll make the rest of it from scratch, but I'm buying the damn crust. Look for your shortcuts that you can do right now that won't send you into a tailspin because it feels wildly unsafe. Look for those small little tweaks that you can make. 
okay? If you are blessed and privileged in a way where you can hire things out, like you can hire someone else to hang your lights outside or someone else to take all of your holiday cards to the <laughs> to the post office and get those handled or someone to clean your home or make food for you if you are that that fortunate and no shame on that no matter what that looks like but for god's sakes do it the other thing is oftentimes there are people waiting in the wings of type a folks who are just dying to help you they just need you to be okay with a b plus job and that, that is one of the ways that we can give ourselves a shortcut we can delegate. We can pass things off to the sibling who really, really would like to help out, but you never give it to them because they don't do it right. And I want you to stop and think about like, what are the implications of them not doing it right? If it's a matter of someone's well-being or how somebody is going to be adversely affected, of course, I get it. Most of the time, that's not what we're talking about. Recovering perfectionists out there, that's usually not what we're talking about. So I really want you to to check in on that, okay? Number two, this is another huge one, y'all. Make your priorities more important than your obligations. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to bust out a piece of paper or use your voice notes on your phone or whatever, and I want you to write out what matters most to you about this holiday season. What matters the most to you? What are your priorities? And let me tell you, you and your health and your mental well-being had better fucking be on that list. Okay? Because here's what happens. We get sucked into, oh, well, my partner really wants me to go to this holiday party, but they're always drinking like crazy. They're belligerent. They say really crass, unacceptable things. And I find myself having to really gear up and it's just emotionally exhausting. I need to stop doing that. That is something I dread every holiday season. That's a boundary with your partner. Okay. There are all sorts of things like this that arise where it's been that way for as long as time, like I mentioned earlier, maybe you have the biggest house. So everyone just volunteers for you to host. And that incurs so much stress and overwhelm. Hey, that might be time (laughs) to put a hard boundary and say, as much as I would love to connect with all of you, it cannot be at my home any longer. Or I'm going to have to take my house out of the running for the location this year. And that, that goes for New Year's celebrations. That goes really for anything. But these are those things where we get sucked into the obligatory must-haves, must-dos that contribute to such an overwhelming amount of stress. So I want you to list out your priorities. What matters the most to you about this holiday? So if we were to flash forward into middle of January, when we are usually sick as fuck because we've run down our our immune systems, and (laughs) sometimes even worse, you know, maybe we hit like sort of a crazy seasonal depression or something like that. When that time comes, what will be the most amazing thing for you to reflect on for your holiday season? What do you want to be able to say about it? 
Do you want to say, I oh, I got to really connect with folks who they have time off during this time of year and they never do. So I actually got to connect with them and and I didn't give a shit about gifts or I didn't give a shit about church or I didn't give a shit about hosting. Like, what do you want to be able to say about this? What would you kick off of your plate and what would you absolutely want to have there no matter what? So there are a handful of things for myself and Mr. Smith. I don't care about gift giving at all. Years ago, we got really clear about that. It was right around the 2016 election, and I felt very strongly that I wanted to put all of my holiday money that I would normally spend on folks, I I wanted to put it towards uh, left-leaning charities and places like Planned Parenthood and things like that that were in alignment with my values. And that became such a an amazing situation for a number of reasons. But one of them was the amount of stress that was mitigated by not having to buy gifts. And I just told everybody in our family, we both did. We just said, hey, listen, please don't get us anything. We're opting out on the whole commercialism, the gift gift situation. We don't want to do any of it. So please don't get us anything. And even though at the time, It was something that we did that was much more philanthropic, and it was coming from more of an altruistic place. It ended up being so amazing just around the amount of stress that was alleviated that I just didn't even have to bother with. Because guess who took massive control over that and didn't really let Mr. Smith help that much? (laughs) This girl. And that was another element of the self-inflicted rules. It has to look this way. I have to spend this much money on that person and breaking that all down. And it has been fantastic. And I, I honestly don't know if we'll ever go back. We still do some pretty significant donations each end of year. And uh, that was one of the most amazing side effects. So I know that if you have young children, that's highly unrealistic. But you can also parse that out and you can go, okay, we're going to do halvesies. We're going to do just the kids. And then everybody else, we're not doing gifts anymore. Goodbye. Maybe it's dipping out of a holiday gift exchange that you just don't want to be a part of. Or maybe maybe you are not into Christmas or your religion is not conducive with Christmas. I'm an agnostic atheist, but I still do very much like Christmas. I don't subscribe to any of the religious connotations because, again, I think it was something that was uh, taken from the pagans. Uh, (laughs) But we certainly don't need to go down that route. Okay, so we're on number two. Make your priorities more important than your obligations. Who do you want to connect with and why? What traditions mean a lot to you? And are there any shortcuts there that would feel good to you? Are there certain things that you don't want to miss? Like there's, you know, holiday lights in one neighborhood that you absolutely don't want to miss going to that. Really get clear on what your priorities are for this season. Number three, decline with grace. I'm going to link to an arsenal of pods on the show notes page so that you can find a bunch of additional information that might be a little bit more nuanced for your situation. I've done podcasts on how to say no, how to really usher in peace, like what contributes to our peace, guilt, 
pods. I've done, I know I've done some around guilt and how we take on this emotion of guilt when that's really not what's happening. So digging into that can be really helpful. Obviously, boundaries pods that I've done, the first episode in this series around how to not lose your shit with your family during the holiday, all of that will have very specific tangible step-by-step phrases and things like that that you can use. But here's the Cliff Stones version, okay? Saying something like, I really appreciate the invite or thank you so much for thinking of me. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it this year or sadly, I'm not going to be able to volunteer this time around, but thank you for keeping me in mind, right? You don't have to give an explanation why. You don't have to do anything other than be kind and affirmative. That's it. That is it. And if if it's somebody who you feel like you have an intimate connection with, you can give them an explanation. You can absolutely say, to be honest with you, I'm really working on boundaries because I end up getting sick every January because I stress myself out so much during the holiday and I'm just watching how much I say yes to. You know, if you feel comfortable with them and you feel safe doing something, saying something vulnerable like that, you absolutely can. If it's somebody that you don't know and they're demanding an explanation, you can say, hey, listen, it's not something I'd really like to get into. What I think is important for you to know is that I'm not available. Case closed, done and done. And if it's something that you wish you would have been able to come through for, but you can't do it this time around, you can let them know that too. Like, hey, listen, I have way too much going on right now. I know that will send me over the edge, but I really want to be involved with fill in the blank, this organization, the next birthday party, the next holiday, whatever it is that they're requesting or asking you for. So please ask me again right? So you can let them know, like, I'd love to be a part of this. I just can't this time around. I truly hope that you can understand. Another thing that I've used in the past is saying, like, listen, I have so much stuff going on and I would hate to have to cancel on you last minute because I just can't handle anything else. So instead of that, I'd rather just tell you no from the get-go or I'd rather just pass right now. That's it. And just a little side note, just a little feminist side note. One of the things that I think about often with this is how would the average middle-aged cishet white man respond to something like that who where they just didn't they weren't available or didn't want to do it? They would just fucking say it. I mean, our society is set up for men to be boundaried and for women not to be. But I think about that all the time because I think about how those little actions are part of me saying, no, my time is valuable, my efforts are important, my health, my well-being is just as important as anybody else, and it's up to me to guard that. Nobody else is going to. Society sure as fuck is not going to. And it's a part of the resistance. I'm not going to get on my whole feminist soapbox about it, but just know that what we need in our culture and in our society more than ever are women who genuinely believe that their health and well-being is important, that it is paramount, and that they are going to be fierce guardians of their time and energy, full stop. 
Here's the deal, especially if you are somebody who is a recovering people pleaser. Hello, this is these are the women that I work with. And believe me, it is absolutely possible to shift and change. If you are she, it is likely that you have family members or persons in your life who prefer the people pleasing version of you. They prefer the one who doesn't put up a stink, who just says yes to absolutely everything, and they prefer you being the one who will acquiesce. So there may be some kickback. There may be some people go, what? We, we, But we've always had it at your house, but we've always done it this way. Yeah, and you know what? I think it's time for a change for my own health and well-being it's something that I really need to to alter this time around. I hope you can understand. So before we continue on, I wanted to ask a quick favor from you. Do you ever listen to the pod, and I think this might happen for you, where you think, damn, I really wish so-and-so could hear this. Maybe it's your coworker who could actually use a lesson or two on boundaries, or maybe it is a women's group that you're a part of where Everyone is super on board for speaking up for themselves, but nobody really knows what that really sounds like. Okay, where well, here's where you come in. I have three battle-tested and badass keynote speeches that are ready to be delivered to your company, organization, group, association. So if you, your community, or anyone you know could benefit from me rocking the mic, like who couldn't use some new tools, Right please send them over to amygreensmith.com slash speaking, where you or they can message me directly about specific needs for the audience. Shocker, the three keynotes are focused around speaking up, contending with fear, and accessing enoughness. And all three of them can be delivered either in person or virtually, and of course, can be completely customized for specific audience needs. So again, simply send them to amygreensmith.com slash speaking, where they can get in touch with me. Because listen, it is time that women everywhere have the tools necessary to use their voice take up space and advocate for their wants, needs, and opinions, like yesterday. And if you end up orchestrating an opportunity for me to speak with your group, you will officially get unlimited squeezes from me. (laughs) And I'm sure you're all in now. And be sure to let them know that I can always temper my colorful language if needed. And thank you. Before we continue, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and you know I'm a huge fan of therapy. I like to say, if you don't think that you need therapy, then you probably need therapy. Because listen, without a healthy mind, being really, truly happy and at peace can really be a challenge. But the good news is that therapy really does work. So whatever you need help with, it is time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better, okay? Because you deserve to be happy. Here's the deal. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to be on camera if you don't want to. Hello, introverts. I see you out there. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They have over 
20,000 therapists in their network, which gives you way, way more options than your immediate geographical area. And it's also available for clients worldwide. Much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in less than 48 hours. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. In fact, a member of my family just started and totally loves it. It is always a good time to invest in yourself because of you deserve it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Bold Face Truth podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash bold truth. That's betterhelp.com slash bold truth or enter the code bold truth at checkout again to save 10% off your very first month. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, so we've had number one, watch for your self-inflicted rules. Look for those shortcuts. Number two, make your priorities more important than your obligations. Number three, decline with grace. Say no. And y'all, ghosting is so beneath you, okay? The only time it's ever appropriate to really ghost somebody is if your physicality is being threatened. Like if it's genuinely not safe for you to engage with somebody, That's not the case if somebody's asking you if you will volunteer for your kid's holiday, I don't know, play that they put on at school. That is not an opportunity to ghost. That's an opportunity to use your words. The reason why that's important is when you use your words, again, I'm sure you've heard me talk about this. You are sending a message to your own mind that your wants, opinions, and needs are just as important as anyone else. And that is your self-worth. That is your sense of worthiness. So if you don't believe that you are either even worth speaking up for, it sure as fuck is not going to help to keep staying quiet. So we have to start flexing that muscle a little bit. It's not some arbitrary exercise, personal growth exercise. It's because your self-worth actually depends on it. And like I mentioned earlier, we need more women who believe in their worth no matter what. And part of that is taking a fierce stand for your time and energy. Okay. Number four, build in self-care or downtime. This is incredibly important. Part of this is also being really clear about how much you can handle. So that anecdote that I was sharing with you before about, let's say, your partner, their workplace, it's always really, really uncomfortable for you. Maybe there's a boundary that needs to be built into this where you go, you know what, I'm happy to come just for the first hour, but let's drive separately so that I can leave. Maybe that's sort of the compromise because it's really, really important to your partner. I don't know. I don't know the scenario. If you have uh, just if you're one of those couples where you're the the very highly introverted and they want to do all the holiday things and be with all of the people, it's likely you're going to have to really decline some of those things. And you're going to have to say, hey, listen, I don't want to take that away from you at all. What if you grab your sister and have her go with you? Or what if you grab your friend so-and-so? I honestly don't think I can do it. It takes me out. It stresses me out. And I am a definitely an ambivert, probably more so on the introvert. I know that's really surprising to people, but I'm a very outgoing introvert. But I am not at all recharged by being around a lot of people. 
Even communing and connecting with people I really, really love, it doesn't ever energize me. It fulfills my heart, but I usually have to take the next day and just like chill the fuck out and be by myself. So you have to fight for that, y'all. You have to advocate for that because a lot of times your partner or whoever you cohabitate with or who who drags you along to all these functions, uh, I say that from my perspective, obviously, they probably will make you wrong. And, they, and sometimes it's not malicious, but they're like, really? You don't want to go out? You don't want to? But it's the holiday, but we got to do. And it's because those things are rewarding for them. I don't think it's ill-intended all the time. Sometimes it is. But I think those are communication opportunities to say, hey, listen, I know you're really fueled by this and these things really light you up. I have to really watch how much I say yes to, especially if you're like a new parent or you're dealing with a health issue or you just changed jobs or you have other additional stress, like who amongst us doesn't, right? If you have all these additional layers of stress, something has got to give. And when we don't make that decision, our health will give. When we don't establish those boundaries, that inevitably is what happens. Sometimes, I mean, that's why we're seeing such an incredible wave of burnout in workplaces because, hello, people aren't meant to be constantly in their sympathetic nervous system like that, constantly uh, being on high alert. Our body has to come down from that. Okay. So build in your self care and your downtime. Now, Conversely, you might be super extroverted and built up and lit up by being around a bunch of other folks. That's amazing too. And you can't do it all. You too will have to come down out of that sympathetic state at some point and get into your parasympathetic and rest and recharge. What does that look for you? Look look like for you? And I'm not talking about bubble baths and mani pedis. I'm talking about therapy sessions, talking with your coach. I'm talking about being by yourself. How about just not doing anything? Really, truly resting or spending time with one or two people who you really, really want to connect with. Back to sort of number two, they are a priority for your holiday season. Get really clear on when you need rest how much you can handle. This is also another thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately as I've been getting older. And I think I'm officially in my mid-40s. I'll be 44 in May. And I just quite simply cannot do what I used to be able to do. And I know it's only going to get worse as far as like stamina and staying up really late and drinking a certain amount. Like I just can't do any of that anymore. I have to get like nine hours of sleep or I cannot function. I have to drink a specific amount of water every day. Or if I drink, I'm going to really, really pay for it. So I think there's There's also reckoning, especially if you are one of those folks who is really outgoing and extroverted and you really do want to do all the things, but then you do kind of pay for it in some way. Just analyze your priorities and figure out what kind of rest and downtime self-care you might need. Sometimes our self-care 
is about our boundaries. It's about who we can and cannot be around for long periods of time. And for that, I will refer you back to how to not lose your shit with your family during the holidays, which was two episodes ago. And again, we'll link to it in the show notes. Okay, number five, shop online or consider donations or charity work. Again, this depends on what really fulfills you. I think shopping online is something that a majority of us do. I personally feel called to try to support small businesses as much as I can. I feel like that's sort of a healthy consumerism. (laughs) As I mentioned before, making that decision around not doing gifts was phenomenal for us. Now, you might be out there going, uh, well, fuck all the way off because gift giving is my love language or my family is love language or whatever. I'm not telling you have to do that. I'm saying look for what's possible for you. Look at what you can do because I will remind you if you're listening to this, It's probably because stress is not working. It has not been sustainable. Something does need to give. So if you are digging your your heels in as you're listening to some of these suggestions, then there's probably something here for you to really look at because you're getting, you know, worked up about it if you are. Okay, so allowing you to miss out on that chaotic energy. I know for myself, this is another thing. I think coming out of, Coming out of the pandemic, and I feel like we're we're all starting to get our bearings a little bit better about being in community with people and seeing people in real life. But I'll tell you what, my threshold for how long I can sustain that has dropped dramatically. So (laughs) I don't know if it's age, if it's pandemic or what it is, but I cannot go traipsing around to all of these different stores even running errands on non-holiday times. I'm like, oh my God, too many people, too many people, too many people. So depending on what zaps your energy and what is depleting for you, look at, is there something else that would be really fulfilling? Could I outsource this in some way? Would it be more fun to make a bunch of stuff together as a family? Would it be more fun to find out, uh, like for Thanksgiving, I have a really difficult time with Thanksgiving personally because of the symbolism in our our culture and our society here in the America in um, the U.S. And so I celebrated with my bestie this year, and we wanted to make sure that we found out what land we lived on and honor that for those indigenous communities and gave to them and supported them in some way. That feels really, really fucking good to me. I love that. And that feels so much better to me than trying to like rush around and get the latest this or that or whatever, or it just, I can't with it. (laughs) So think about that. Like, are there little shortcuts here around shopping online, outsourcing things, considering doing donations, consider doing charity work? And again, I fully get it that it's 100% different with children. I get that. And I also think you have an opportunity to really teach and share and talk about other other groupings of people that are out there that may not be as fortunate and as privileged. So do that with that one what you will. Number six, here's another big one, y'all. Keep your eyes peeled for urgent 
inflicted stress from others. So typically, this is how things are presented to you. So it's not necessarily just what is said, but it's sort of the envelope that it comes in. It's like wrapped in wrapping paper of urgency and scarcity, and you are my only option. (laughs) So this is when people are coming at you with stress that they have, and they want you to fix it. And they're saying, but you're my only option, or I don't know what else to do, or I have to have you, or can you please do this for me, or can you please come to this, or fill in for that. And you know that if you did do that, there would be a severe cost to your stress and well-being. I'm not saying to say no all the time in every situation. I think there are plenty of times when I've chosen to come through, quote, come through for somebody or be there for them because it would not be a dire cost to me because I did have the battery capacity to go help them out. So you can think about it through through sort of the, the metaphor of sort of a battery losing life. And you recognize, okay, you know, we all have the little battery picture on our phone, right? And we know that there's a certain amount of energy that can get expended before we have to put that bitch on the charger, right? The same is true for us. So if we're already at like 6% and somebody comes at us with a, oh my gosh, you're my only option. Oh, please, will you please do it? Will you add one more thing? to your plate, and you know you you don't have the battery reserves to do it, or you are at 20%, but you know you're going to need that 20% when you get home for your child or for your partner or for yourself, okay? Those are the times when you analyze like, okay, where am I at with my battery charge? Okay, I'm chilling at like 60, 70%. Yeah, I can come help you out. And then I can, I have all day tomorrow to put myself on the charger, right? Like I want you to think about it through those, through that term, right? Through that lens. So keep your eyes peeled for urgent inflicted stress from others. A lot of times it will also be enveloped in a package of guilt. Like, well, gosh, I would have never said that to my mom. I would have never done that to my kid. I would have never done that, you know, whatever, whatever reasoning, again, this kind of circles back to when we start establishing boundaries, there are oftentimes folks who don't like that version of you. They like the placating, somewhat doormat, acquiescing, always saying yes version of you. That does not mean that the boundary is wrong. That does not mean that you have done anything unbefitting of you. Just because somebody else thinks that you should be wanting to do what they are asking. All right. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I'm now at a point where it's very, very obvious to me. And I remember this happening. Gosh, this was, it's going on 10 years ago now. But I remember the first time where I recognized somebody talking to me and asking me for things and it was a family member, from a place of guilt. And it was so clear to me. And I was like, oh, I'm not falling for that. It was like somebody was like, hey, do you want to buy this timeshare? Hey, just sit sit and watch this presentation and you'll get a free weekend in Vegas. It was like I could so see it exactly for what it was. And I was like, oh, no, 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 that's not mine to carry. 
And I just did not buy into it. And I said, that sounds like it's it's really an uncomfortable thing to feel. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, that's not going to change my stance. And I still feel very strongly about how uh, about what I shared with you. So this was a non-holiday related thing, but I want you to just be really acutely attuned to when somebody's own stresses or own issues are making you wrong, especially when you're making a really powerful decision for yourself. Now, if you're delivering that really shitty or snide or what Brene says, Brene Brown calls being a boundary bully where you're acting kind of holier than thou and you're being kind of an ass. No, that's I'm not talking about then you probably do have something to clean up. But I'm talking about when you're really clear that you're not going to be doing this for the holiday or that for the holiday and someone tries to make you wrong for it just to say, I'm sorry that we're not seeing eye to eye on this. Uh, Unfortunately, my answer is still the same. I truly wish you the best. Done and done. All right. So there you have it. Six ways to manage and recover from holiday stress. So watch for your rules and find your shortcuts. Number two, make your priorities more important than your obligations. Number three, decline with grace. Number four, build in self-care and downtime. Especially if we have another COVID resurgence, the last thing we need is a bunch of us running around fucking sick. So make sure whatever that looks like for you, whatever rest and recharging looks like, that it is on your calendar. Get it on the schedule. Number five, shop online, consider donations or charity work, anything that will give you a true sense of well-being and goodwill and alleviate any type of stress. Can you delegate? Can you offset anything? Anything that would make things a little bit easier for you. Number six, keep your eyes peeled for urgent inflicted stress from others. And there you have it, six ways to mitigate some of this stress a little bit. And hopefully this will take you from just merely surviving into a place of of really thriving and just at the very least going, hey, that wasn't that bad. That wasn't that bad this time around. And, and also as a real clear piece of evidence of what you're capable of, that you are capable of saying no, that you're capable of actually resting, that you're capable of boundaries. That's a really big deal. And then you have traction and you have like, oh, I bet I could do this at work. I bet I could do this with my adult children. I bet I could do fill in the blank, right? Okay, so next week, we're going to be jumping into our series on aging and what that's like. Yay. (laughs) And how to kind of work through that a little bit. And I will see you around these parts next week. Please remember, you are enough. Your voice matters. So go out there and speak the bold face truth. Peace. Okay, wait, 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 just one more thing. So these podcasts, it turns out, don't actually rate and review themselves. So I would be over the moon if you would leave a review, rate the show, subscribe, and tell anyone you know who needs to start speaking the fuck up for themselves. And if you do, I will give you a mini pig. Just kidding, but I will be so very incredibly grateful. Okay, thank you. Bye.